On April 21st, the McLean Gallery on Richmond Avenue will be opening an exhibit, Love Me, Love Me Not, by Karen Broker. Karen is a master printmaker, a professor of art at Rice University, and a fierce political and social activist. She created the series to tell the stories of women who'd been wronged by the men in their lives. Karen described to me the horrific circumstances that inspired these pieces. I started seeing a trait that was happening in the news that women were seemingly being murdered more and more. Like the more equality that was happening, the more men were angry and couldn't kill women enough. Like it wasn't enough to just shoot her. You, he shot her, cut her up, put her in the freezer. Along with their series, Damn Girls, Karen wanted to expose the injustices done to women throughout history. I wondered, knowing Karen to be the fiery feminist standing in front of me, why now? Why, after 30 years of a successful career, would she switch so suddenly? What changed in her and drove her to make art that told such powerful and difficult stories? To figure out the answer, I thought we'd start at the beginning. I asked Karen to go back and tell me about her first art exhibition. I think they were they were fantastical or however you say it, like fantasy creatures, and um, it's kind of flying things and alphabets made out of animals and so on. I I was just grabbing at kind of imagery. I didn't really. I, I say I don't, didn't know what I was doing because I, frankly, in all the education I had, no one had ever talked to me about what I was making. This lack of interest struck me as odd and honestly even upsetting. I asked her why she thought there were no questions. I think a lot of it was sexism. I think they really thought you were going to be a housewife. They didn't mind taking your money for school, but I think they thought that you were going to have children. This had been a pattern all of her life, and she remembered always taking issue with it. She told me how even as young as eight, with things like childhood chores, she felt the need to speak out about unfairness. I, I said that as a young kid. I just wanted fairness. To me, it was, it was just um, it was kind of logical, right? Inequality followed Karen as she pursued a graduate degree. She told me about an opportunity she had to study under her favorite artist that proved to disappoint her. Here's my hero, right? He taught only graduate students. And when I went in for my interview with him, his first words were, don't you want to have children? Don't you want to? And I said, uh, no, not at all. And he said, oh, okay then, I'll let you in. And he just signed the paper, and I know I didn't go there, but I thought I wouldn't go there because of that. I mean, I think he really would have taught me well, uh, but he couldn't see children and an art career. Karen went on to become an influential artist and professor, but the sexism in the art world still plagued her. She told me about a breaking point she reached during a 1997 sabbatical when I just kind of sat in my studio being kind of hysterical um, that I wanted to draw bouquets, I wanted to draw flowers. 
but for a woman, something pretty was kiss of death. She explained to me that for men, beautiful art didn't pose any issues, but for women, it was expected and the standard. The sign that you were not to be taken seriously as an artist. But in this unfairness, Karen found revelation. And I realized the guys didn't care what I was doing and the art world wasn't telling me what to do and they weren't really paying attention to women. I went ahead and did these bouquets and did some stuff with them that was a little bit more edgy and, and uh, I never looked back since then. Karen said that this shocked her into a new path she had to follow. She started making art that she said was more dirty, more raw. She continued until 2014, when a meeting with Bob McLean, the owner of McLean Gallery, would inspire her next powerful exhibition. She told me she had met with Bob to discuss her new show, but all he could say to Karen was how angry she seemed. He just said, what in the hell is wrong with you? Why are you so mad? He said, you're just actually mad. Are you mad about having a show? I said, no. She explained her frustrations, and Bob's response was, in Karen's words, freeing. You, you, you talk about stuff, but you've never just jumped feet first in there. And he said, so you're so such a feminist. I don't know why you haven't done that. And I said, I just said, great. Thank you. Thank you. I I don't know why it was like it was like given permission to to go off and running. This meeting might have been sudden, but Karen had been preparing for it without even knowing. I had been collecting tons, tons of stories of women. I had stacks of, of paper. Every story, excuse me, I put on its own separate sheet of paper. So so I could rifle through them and look at them. But I, I never really thought of doing anything with them. And I don't know why I saved them. I had drawn an amaryllis that someone had given me on this <laughs> six foot panel, right? And I had drawn it. But, I, but it seemed to me to not be finished. It was a lovely drawing, but it was like, oh, okay, you know, fucking amaryllis. Like, well, well. And I immediately took that drawing put it flat down on this, my drawing table, and started writing all this stuff about martyrs, all the martyrs in the, in the church. Amaryllis Goodbyes would be one of many pieces in Karen's Damn Girls series. Each piece honored a different set of forgotten women, and the reactions were amazing. Women and men came up to me crying. I mean, crying at the art opening. I mean. People, women were hugging me as they were leaving. People kept coming to Karen with these stories, and she realized the impact she could make with these pieces. This girl came up to me afterwards and says, I want to thank you. I had been raped. I, you know, it's just like, it just made me feel, just made me feel like I'm going to be okay. And I said to her, I have to tell you that I have never been abused. But on the other hand, I appreciate your story. How about if I just carry it for you for a while? Take a break. I'll go ahead and use it. I'll put you on my art. I will put your story on my art and give its power away. I asked Karen one last question. The question that had been on my mind the entire interview. Why? Why did she make this type of art? I feel like I have one life. 
and I have to do something. I don't think it's leaving, it's not about leaving my impact. It's not about me and my legacy. It's about making something that someone feels about. There's something about it that I, that I am driven to do it. I would like to say that I understood completely what Karen meant, but it wasn't until I went to the exhibition that her words truly made sense. Covering the walls were giant drawings, bouquets covered in written notes. On tables were metal flowers whose stems were wrapped around the handles of irons. In a bell jar hung a gun covered in gold and jewels, beautiful but terrifying. In the center, people sat at a table etched with tally marks, one for every day a certain woman had been held hostage. They read books of Karen's compiled stories. Women who were killed for protecting their daughters. Girls who'd been kidnapped. Hundreds of women beaten, martyred, forgotten for the wrong reasons. Something Karen said to me played over and over in my head as I sat alone with that book. I am doing my best to whack people across the head and say, look at the unfairness. And I watched it happen. I watched people wake up while reading these books. I woke up while reading these books. Looking around, you could almost see these threads flowing out of the pages, connecting people to the art, to the stories, and to each other. People had come to celebrate Karen and her work, but they left celebrating so much more. 